tired of turkey or I'm tired of leftovers. Um, and uh, so this morning, that's kind of what we're talking about is, is leftovers. And uh, our culture, though, is, uh, our culture is a wasteful one. Uh, if you look at the numbers, there is so much waste. Uh, we waste about 250 million tons of food each year. That is, and let's give you, give you this, that is 60.9 billion feet of trash. That would stretch from the earth to the moon 25 times. Yeah, that's a lot of trash, guys. That's a lot of, that's a lot of leftovers, right? That's a lot of waste. Um, and that's, that's kind of what we do. And so this morning, I want us to look at a story in John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is where we're going. And, and this account in John chapter 6, actually this story is told in all four Gospels. Uh, I do believe this is the longest telling of that story, but um, this account of Jesus feeding the 5,000 is told in all four Gospels, and so I want us to read it again today, Um, and so let's go ahead and begin in chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It says, and after this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because he saw the sign, because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. And now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. And lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And he said this to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. And that two hundred denarii is about seven months' wages. All right, so a little more than half a year's wages. Said, Even if we had that much, it would not make a dent in this. Two hundred denarii would not uh, buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. And one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon's brother said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? And Jesus said, Have the people sit down. And now there was much grass in the place, and so the men sat down about 5,000 in number. And Jesus took the, the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. I want you to get that as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. Verse 13, I don't know if I gave you this one. Verse 13, so they gathered them up and filled baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves and left, left by uh, those who had eaten. And so they, they had leftovers, right? So what does God do with leftovers, right? What does Jesus do with leftovers? Now, I know this. Uh, I, I grew up in the South, and um, there are some ladies that just have a gift. They, uh, if you go to their house, they may not have a whole lot, but if they know that you're coming, they're going to take what they have, and they're going to figure out how to make a meal. Do you know anybody like that? 
You know, they don't need a whole lot at all. They'll they'll find something somewhere to make a meal. I know these ladies uh, like this, and they just have a gift. I do not have that gift. I would look at you and say, we probably need to drive down the street to McDonald's because I got nothing, right? But these ladies, they all don't they don't turn anybody away. They'll say, come on in, baby, and they call you baby or sugar or something like that, right? If you ever get called sweetheart or something like that, don't get offended. I mean, they're just that's just how they are in the South. And 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 I've known ladies like this. They are able to bring you in. They have such a gift of hospitality, uh, and they have a gift. Really, it's almost like a, a, a miraculous gift to be able to take and make much with little. And so I do believe that God almost shares this uh, capacity with them in a sense that uh, when. Jesus looks at things, he looks at things different than what we do. And that's really kind of what I want us to look at today is I think uh, that this story, what it does is it helps us see things the way that God sees them. Sometimes we don't always see things the, the way that God sees them, do you? Sometimes you need some help seeing things the way God sees them, right? Where, where God sees there's much, sometimes we see there's little. Where God sees that there's a way out, sometimes all we see is a dead end. Where we see giants, you know, God, he says, I, I, I just, I see there's nothing there, and we're going to walk through, and we're going to go on to the other side. And so God see th- sees things different. I think that's what this story does, is it helps us to see things the way that God sees them. So what does God do with leftovers? Maybe how do you see yourself? Maybe you have trouble seeing yourself. How many of you guys, maybe you feel like a leftover sometimes, Right? Uh, maybe you feel like you're left over. Anybody, you feel like a start over. Uh, or maybe you feel like a do-over. Or maybe after this week with family, you feel like you've been run over. Anybody? You feel like that? So some of us, that's kind of where we're at. We feel like we're somewhere on that spectrum of being left over, start over, do-over, or we feel run over. And it's, it's amazing what God can do, though, with very little. And sometimes we don't see that. Sometimes we don't have the capacity or we don't we don't have the ability sometimes to say god um this is not a lot but i believe that you can do a a lot with a little and what i think is this i think god when he sees crumbs or when we see crumbs god sees ingredients when when we see crumbs and we see very little i think god sees it different He sees, oh, this is just an ingredient that I am going to use. This is just a scenario. This is just a situation. This is just a circumstance. This is just an ingredient that I'm going to use to create something beautiful and something good. You know, there's there's a passage, I think it's in, in Psalms, where it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Sometimes we say, there's a, I, don't, I don't know, there's not much here, but God does not need much at all. I think that's evident through this story where we see that when, when we see that there's only crumbs, Jesus says, that's more than enough. I have more than enough here to work with. You've got you to understand that when he started with creation, um, he, he, he didn't have anything at all. Uh, that's what the term ex nihilo means. It means out of nothing, God creates something. That God stepped into the nothing and began to speak something into existence. And so for God, for Jesus to look at this situation and this scenario, this is more than enough for him to work with. And he already knew. He, it's funny because he tested Philip. Do you see what it says here in the, in the scripture? It says, hey, how do we get these people something to eat? Is there, where do we go buy bread for these people? And I think Philip, you know, being a very practical guy, looks and says, there's not enough. 
there's not enough money, there's not enough food. Uh, it would take more than seven months' wages to even make a little bitty dent, and that wouldn't even be enough to get these people something to eat. So Jesus, there's nothing here. And, and I think Jesus, sometimes he does this. He sets people up for them to see what he's going to do later. And that's why he says he tested him. He tested Philip. And sometimes we see a test as being a negative thing, right? I mean, you always like, you like tests. You like to take tests. I didn't like to take tests in school. Some of you teachers are like, I don't even like giving tests, right? Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's, we, we don't necessarily like tests, but God will, uh, God will use a test to show us something. This, this is how we need to start seeing things. Now, as God works in our life, sometimes he'll take a situation and he'll use that as a test, not so much to test to see if we trust him, but for us to see, God, you can do so much more than what I give you credit for. You can do so much more than what I can account for. And so this is what I believe. I believe when I see crumbs, God sees ingredients. And see, Jesus follows a pattern here. If you go look at the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, the Synoptic Gospels tell this story in such a way they recount a pattern that Jesus does. He takes something, he breaks something, he blesses something, and then he gives it away. There's a pattern in that, that, that you see that he takes something, he breaks something, he blesses something, and then he gives it away. Some of you guys have been in that process before. You felt like you've been taken. Sometimes you felt like you've been broken. And it seems like you haven't got to the blessing part, right? It seems like you're still waiting to get to that blessing part. But this is the pattern that Jesus, Jesus uses in these, in these other three stories that he takes, he breaks, he blesses, and he gives it away. With Jesus, gratitude always precedes the gain. Before there's going to be any gain, there's going to be gratitude. Before there's going to be anything done, before Jesus starts this miracle in process, what does he do? He takes something, he breaks it, and he blesses it. And it's like, you know, he's, he's thankful. God, thank you for what you've given us. God, thank you. We've just come through Thanksgiving where we've had an entire week to try to be thankful, right? How many of you had to be really intentional about that sometimes? Some of you are laughing because you were, you were thrust together with a bunch of family members that you haven't seen in a while, maybe in a small home, and, and everybody's running everywhere, and there's kids everywhere, and they're breaking stuff, and, and you know they're eating your food, and there's no toilet paper, and maybe somebody's clogged the toilet, right? Now you've got to go fix it, and so y'all, some of y'all know, right? And, and it's like, ah, I've been together. I've had a, too much togetherness, and, and sometimes we have to be really thankful. We have to be really intentional about how we are thankful, and this, I think Jesus is intentional, and he wants us to see the intention here that every time he takes something and he breaks it, he blesses it. And that, that blessing there, it's not just, I know we say, hey, we say the blessing, let's say the blessing. God bless this food, and we think that whatever, there's something magical, spiritual that's going to happen in that, you know, the, that food, that God bless this food and take the calories out of it. God Bless this cheesecake so it won't make me fat and I can eat a bunch of it, God. That's not how that works, okay? Just want to dispel any myths. Uh, that's not how that works. I know because I've tried. It did not work. Um, no, what Jesus is doing is this. When he takes it, he breaks something and blesses it. What he does is he breaks it and he says, God, thank you. He gives thanks for it. 
And he's very intentional about his gratitude. He's very intentional about what he is showing to people around him. And I think that's for us to that we need to see the intention there so that we can reflect that same intention, so that we can reflect that same gratitude, because I do believe this. I believe that as Jesus follows this pattern, that we also see with Jesus that gratitude always precedes the gain. Before there's anything that is given, before there's anything uh, that is miraculous, there's always Jesus. He looks up to his Father. Father, I thank you. I thank you, you know. I thank you that you've allowed me to be here to, to show them something, to show them your power, to show them that you're a bigger God than whatever their need is. And, and so for us, I think that's something we need to clue in on on this passage. Jesus' gratitude always precedes his gain. The enemy, though, plays fears into our heart. Um, and this this happens to me. This has happened to me in the past. It's, it's something that I have to actively fight against, fight against the fear of not having enough. You ever been there? The fear of there not being enough. Maybe there not being enough money. There not being enough time. There not being enough resource. There not being whatever that is. So there's not enough here. And so, you know, the enemy wants to make us do that. It wants to make us fear uh, that there is not enough. And in our Wednesday study that we've been going through on generosity, what we've been finding is this, is that God is a generous God from the very beginning of creation. God has packed this world with resource, that God has given enough on this planet for us to have enough, but sometimes we see moments where it seems like there's not enough. And see, the enemy plays into that perception he plays into that fear for us that maybe there's not going to be enough money. Maybe there's not going to be enough time. Maybe there's not enough. I always have a, a, my staff, Raina knows this, they, that any time that we do an event, I always want that we, we, we buy over and above, right? I remember we had the elders to the house one Christmas. The, all the elders came to our house, and um, there might have been 10 of us there, you know, and I made sure that when I went to the store and they don't send me to the store because they know if I go to the store, I'm going to go over and aboard, o overboard with, with what I buy. I'm going to make sure there's enough. I went and bought salad, and I bought enough salad for 37 people, you know. I mean, there was enough salad that people walked out with bags of salad, just Merry Christmas, you know, here's a crouton. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that was, but what that is is it plays on my fear is I don't want there not to be enough and so what uh, I do is I go uh, overboard with things I I, I, I do uh, something extravagant like that and I'll, I'll yeah we're just gonna buy a bunch of it and they know this about me and that's kind of my some of my fear is I want there always to be uh, enough and so I think the enemy though plays into those fears for us that sometimes we think is there going to be enough will there be enough but I think what this story does, and I love, uh, I do love this story because I think what, what it does is it says this, Jesus takes what we have and makes it more than enough. Jesus takes what we have and Jesus makes it more than enough. And, and, and we have to trust that. And we have to trust that into the hands of Jesus where we say, well, I have this much and I don't know if that's enough, and, and God, but I'm going to trust you to make it enough. 
Jesus, I'm going to trust you to speak into it. I'm going to trust you to do with crumbs and, and to see, to speak into it, just make it ingredients for something amazing maybe I can't see just yet. And that's this ability to trust God. In 1501, Michelangelo, anybody know who Michelangelo is? And I'm not talking about Ninja Turtles, okay? All right, Michelangelo, the artist. Uh, in 1501, Michelangelo uh, obtained a block of marble uh, that other artists basically had tried to work on, and they had just determined that this block of marble is unworkable, right? It, it's, it's just, it's a mess. Uh, we can't do anything with it. And it was this massive slab, and it was called the giant. And so basically he obtains this giant slab of marble that nobody could do anything with. It was quarried 40 years earlier uh, to be used in a construction in a cathedral in, in Florence, Italy. And over 40 years of exposure to the elements, this slab of marble had just, you began to see the how it had become weathered and it was rough and it seemed like to be deteriorating and so Michelangelo he he took this uh this slab of 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 uh marble and he uh began to work on it now this slab of marble had all kinds of chisel marks in it where other artists had tried to work on it and they had just given up but Michelangelo takes it and he begins to work on it and what other artists failed to achieve Michelangelo pulled out of that, uh, that, that slab of marble. And what he created was this. He created, uh, he created the David, which is amazing. It's, it's, it's a piece of art that has just been uh, just seen for hundreds of years where you see people say, like, wow, that, that is a work of art. But what it started was, was a discarded slab of marble that Michelangelo looked in and said, there's something else there. See, that's how God works in us. That God is able to look at us where we are willing to say, no, that's wasted. That's wasted time. That's wasted years. It's wasted money. That's wasted effort. It's a wasted relationship. God begins to look at it and say, no, there's something else there. And we've got to be willing to allow God to speak into those places where it seems wasted. We've got to be willing to allow God to speak into the crumbs of our life and those broken pieces of our life and say, I can do so much more with this. I see a miracle where you only see a mess. God wants to bring about a miracle. And, and so for every one of us, maybe there's places where you've seen that in your life. You've seen places that have just seemed, there's nothing left. It's wasted. What could God do with that? Where I see crumbs... God sees ingredients. What can God do with the leftovers? See, I believe that God doesn't waste anything. I believe that. I believe God doesn't waste anything. That any pain that you've experienced, anything that you've walked through, anything, any hurt that the enemy has tried to beat you up with, anything that, that uh, the enemy has tried to drag you down with, I don't believe that that's waste. And I don't believe that God looks at that as, as, you know what, I can't do anything with that. 
I believe what God can do with that is take and bring about the miraculous. He can bring about renewal. He can bring about change. He can bring about a testimony from a test, right? That's what he did here with Philip. He tested him, and what did he do? He brought about a testimony out of a test, and that's what he wants to do in us. He wants to make a miracle out of our mess. He wants to bring a testimony out of our test. And so for every one of us, we've got to be willing to say, God, here are my crumbs. Here, here are my, you know, my two little fish and my five loaves of bread. This is all I've got. It's more than enough. And, and what Jesus does with that is they, I love that when we get to this part, and I've, I basically, I've just highlighted this part in my Bible, um, where it says, and when they had eaten their fuel, right? It, it's, it's when they had eaten everything that they wanted to eat, they, they were satisfied. When they were satisfied. Right? I, I love that because I believe that's what God is. God satisfies us. There are things all over this world that we try to fill the God hole in our life, and they will never satisfy us. There are things in life that are always going to come up short. There are things that we try to do and fill the holes in our life, and they will never f- have the, the capacity or the, the, uh, the substance to fill the hole in our life that God wants to fill because God knows how to satisfy our soul. God knows how to satisfy our spirit. And I love that when it says, And when they had eaten their fill, when they were satisfied, he told the disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost see there were 12 disciples they would have 12 baskets people ask what do those 12 baskets of leftovers mean right what does that mean well you have 12 tribes of israel it could represent it could be representative of 12 tribes of where god says you know what we talk about the lost tribes of israel he says they're not lost i know exactly where they are I know exactly where they're at. You know what? Maybe, maybe we look at the 12 disciples who, who, who represent the church age. And it says, you know, maybe there's people that we think they're lost and they're unreachable and they'll, they'll never be able to come, come to Christ like, like I want them to. They'll, maybe there's people you've been praying about. You think, man, they're, they're just lost and this is a lost situation. Say, I don't think anything that ever is entrusted to God is lost. God doesn't waste anything. I think this story is evidence of that, that God is always asking us to trust in ways that are beyond us, right? God is always going to ask you to trust him in a way that is beyond you. Well, God, this is what I've got. This is where I'm at. And he's like, yeah, but this is who I am. This is where I'm at. I'm already in tomorrow. You're still holding on to yesterday, and you're still looking at yesterday and everything that seemed to be left over from yesterday and everything that seemed to be lost yesterday. And God's saying, I'm already working miracles in tomorrow. And so I want you to trust me in a way that is beyond you. And that may mean believing that our best days are not our yesterdays. Right? We've got to do that. We've got to believe that our best days are not yesterday. That God is in our future. God is here in our present, and he's with us. And as we trust him, he is working out tomorrow. And so, Lord, I'm gonna, I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, but you're already there. And I'm going to trust you to create that future for me. I'm going to trust you to create that miracle for me. I'm going to trust you to take whatever I need, and I'm going to trust, trust you, God, to make that happen. Can somebody come play? See, trust 
tomorrow to the God who was faithful yesterday. Trust tomorrow to the God who was faithful yesterday. How many of you can say that God's been faithful to me in the past? I mean, just raise your hand. Lift it up. If you're proud of that, if you say, I'm going to lift, lift up two hands, lift up a foot, if you, you know, I, I, I'm going to do that. And if I wouldn't fall on the ground, I'd raise both feet, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what I've seen. The God who is faithful yesterday is the God who's working my tomorrow. So I've got to trust tomorrow to the God who is faithful yesterday. The God who can take my leftovers and say, not done. It's not wasted. We're not throwing it out. It, it may seem like it's a loss, but what I can do with a loss is, is so much more than what the enemy wants you to believe. The enemy's been lying to you. I want you to see that you can trust me. I want you to stand with me this morning. I love this story because I think it speaks to where many of us are at. I love this story because it deals with leftovers, which is so practical. Coming through Thanksgiving, right? We all know, man, there's, there's either leftovers in my fridge. I've been eating on some turkey for three or four days now. I'm about tired of turkey. And I know what I'm going to do with that. I'm probably going to just let it go. But that's not what God does. God takes what we see as wasted and he makes something out of it. How many of you here today? You just say, man, I want God to do that for me. I want God to do that for me. I want God to make something out of the leftovers. I want God to make something in my life, in my marriage, in my family. God, I want you. God, I want to trust you with the people that are so dear to my heart so that nothing and no one is lost. God, I don't, I don't want to lose anyone. And I believe that as we trust God, and He draws people. Because that's... That's what his word says. He says, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Not if Pastor Ryan's lifted up. Not if you're lifted up. What is that? That's pride. Pride gets us into a bigger mess. <laughs> and pride just lets us know, hey, I can't fix myself. Uh, because once we kind of puff ourselves up, and we said, that's all I got. But Jesus says, I don't need much. I don't need much to begin to speak into your life. So what does that look like for you? I, I as they begin to play this morning, I don't know what song they're going to play, but I'm going to ask the elders and our prayer team to come forward. And if you need prayer for what, whatever, if there's something that you're believing God for, I need this. There's something or someone maybe you're believing God for. This morning, let us just agree with you because I believe this, that nothing gets wasted, that what we entrust to God is safe in his hands. Amen. So as they sing this song, if you need prayer this morning, we'll be down front. We want you to come.